Good morning. I want to welcome you. My name's David. I'm one of the pastors here. Thank you for joining with us. Uh, we appreciate you being here. Uh, we are starting a new series this week, and uh, we'll be taking it through the end of the month. We're calling it uh, Submission, and uh, we'll get that logo up there in a minute. But um, as you uh, look at that, you see uh, sub is in brackets and mission, and that that's actually where we're going. In the church, too many times we talk about the mission, and, uh, you know, we, we do mission work. We have mission committees. We go on local missions. We have global missions. We have regional missions. There's a mission statement at this church. We know the great commission that God gave us. We talk about mission a lot, but in a Christian standpoint, there is no mission without submission. And too often we don't talk about submission in the church. In fact, uh, that's a dirty word in our country. Submission is not what, uh, what people with a brain do. Submission is what the, the, the people with power do to those underneath them. That's a worldly point of view for submission where, where authority holds a thumb of power over those under and, and, and uses that power for their own advantage and sway. Jesus, when he was talking to his disciples, uh, talked about this contrast. He said, you call me teacher, you call me leader, you call me Lord, but you can also call me brother. You can also call me friend. They're, the kind of submission that we have in the Christian church is not one of authority over. It's one of mutual submission that is for the betterment of both parties. In, in a worldly submissive role, the, the one that wins is the one with more power. The one with the, the more authority gets their way and the underlings just have to deal with that. But in Christian submission, Christian submission is a raising up of all parties for a higher purpose and a grander calling. And we understand this in many aspects of our life. Any of you that like sports, any of you that played sports, uh, especially a team sport, you you had to learn this principle. There's no I in team. Uh, Even the best quarterback can't be uh, successful without people who are willing to block for them, that there needs to be a concerted effort by the entire team for a goal higher than personal glorification and personal satisfaction that for a team to accomplish a goal together, they have to submit to one another, work together, and in that working together, the team as a whole rises in their success. That's what Christian submission is about. Usually the place we talk about submission the most is in marriage, and I, I don't remember the last marriage I did where they wanted the word submit in the vows, Right? That those are dirty words in our culture, right? And I get asked that question all the time. Are we doing the submit thing uh, in there? And, and, and because, again, we have this idea that if I say I will submit to my husband or I'll submit to my wife, that we, we see it as this. And unfortunately, unfortunately for a lot of you, you grew up in a church where they taught this form of submission in marriage. And I apologize for that. That has never been what was intended in the Scripture. The the picture in Scripture is the same picture of Christ in the church, Christ in the body, right? It is a mutual 
submission, a giving one for the other. In a Christian marriage, two people who have made a choice to give their life to God and then join their lives together and then mutually submit to one another so that each of them can be raised closer to God and glorify God in their life. When that is done right, it is a raising up and elevation of the marriage. It is not a submission of one over the other. Submission is a key for relationships. That's my title this morning. Submission equals relationship. In reality, you know this, but we buck against it all the time because of our ego. You cannot have a loving relationship without submission, right? It, with, without submission, without a mutual submission, you cannot have a loving Christian relationship. You can have a relationship but it's going to be one based in fear or obligation, right? And which would you rather have? Would you rather have your kids be afraid of you? Or would you rather have your kids respect you and see you submitting yourself to them as a way of raising them up? Those kind of loving relationships in husbands and wives, a giving of myself for my partner who gives of herself so that both of us can achieve the best part of ourselves and glorify God through our lives, that engenders a loving relationship where fear and obligation aren't going to fill that bill. As much as we know that, and as intuitive as that is, every single one of us resists submission because here's what I know about you. Even if I don't know you, here's what I know about you. You think you're the smartest person in the room. You are pretty sure, and so I, I guarantee you, sometime over the last two and a half years, you've said to yourself or to others in the room, if people would just do the right thing, the world would be a better place. And what you meant by that, <laughs> what you meant by, by that is if they would do it the way I do it, then everything would be better. And and we that's that ego, that's that that human fallenness, that's that sin nature that we have, that idea that we're smarter than anyone else, Uh, but it gets in the way. We know we're not the smartest in the room, but we have this thing, this selfish ambition that we always want our way. And we live in a culture that rewards that. That's seen as strength. When you are unwilling to submit, when you're unwilling to compromise, when you're unwilling to, to do for others, Uh, When you take your stand, that's something we reward and celebrate. But that is a human celebration, not a biblical celebration. The kingdom of heaven celebrates when the first becomes last, when the strongest becomes the weakest, because Jesus turned the world upside down and strength is found in submission, not in power and authority. This is what we're going to talk about today and for the rest of this month. At the end of this month, on January 30th, we're going to have a special Sunday. We'll do two services. We're going to combine all of our services into two, 8.30 and 10.30, and have combined worship. And at 9.30, we're going to have a ministry mission fair in the Fellowship Hall. We'll have uh, breakfast tacos. We'll have coffee for all of you who have been praying for coffee for so long. Uh, your your church experience hasn't been the same since we haven't had coffee. 
We'll have coffee and everything. And we have two ideas around that. Number one, we have a lot of new folks in our congregation. And you may not be aware of all the various ministries that we do and all the various opportunities that we do and the various ways we try to serve here in the church and outside of the church. And so we want you to be aware of that. And then secondly, as we go through this idea of mutual submission for the betterment of the mission, that we hope that God's going to be in your ear leading you toward where in those ministries and missions that we have, where God is leading you to submit yourself to serve others to help us accomplish the mission as well. So we're looking forward to that. We're going to start this morning in Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, this is one of Paul's epistles, one of Paul's letters written to a church in Ephesus. Uh, This is chapter 5 out of 6 in this letter. In this letter, he has already taken them through the benefit of Christ, the reminder of what Christ did for them. This sermon assumes a Christian decision, right? Christian submission comes at the point of salvation. We, when we agree to the different language, will you be born again or invite Christ into our heart or make Christ the Lord of my life, whatever language or tradition you might have come from in that, that is an exchange of power. We are recognizing in that he is the King of kings and Lord of lords. He alone deserves the glory, honor, and praise. He alone is worthy of a life given for him. And so we make an exchange in that. I am giving my life to you. All I've done is make a mess out of it for myself and for others. So I'm giving my life to you. And in return, I receive the righteousness of Christ. I receive the sacrifice of Christ that pays the price for my sins and my unrighteousness, that binds me together, that takes me from being an enemy with God to a friend of God, that I'm no longer at enmity with him, but I am in relationship. I am a son. I am a daughter of Christ. I'm an heir to the kingdom. I'm a, I, I'm, I'm a joint heir with Christ. I have a mission in the world. I'm assuming that kind of a relationship in this sermon. But before I move forward, let me just say, if you haven't gotten there, it's a great place to start, right? If you haven't figured it out, you're not a very good manager of your own life. There's a better, more productive, more peaceful, more joyful, more fulfilling way of life that you're never going to be able to do on your own. You can only achieve the kind of, the the very thing that was written on your soul as God created you, his own image written on your heart. You're only going to find the fullness of who you can be when when you submit yourself to him in relationship. So Paul's already gone through this in the book, laid out the idea of forgiveness and 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 new life in Christ and now he's as he gets to chapter 5 what he's doing is saying so with all of this in mind here's how we now live out this new life so verse 15 so be careful how you live don't live like fools but like those who are wise make the most of every opportunity in these evil days don't act thoughtlessly don't Uh, But understand what the Lord wants you to do. 
Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. This is the word of the Lord for us this morning. Thanks be to God. So if you read this in your Bible, if you opened it, you will see that that last verse I read is broken in section. We, uh, The writers arbitrarily, um, I think the punctuation, everything else keeps verse 21 with the rest of it. But in your Bible, we usually read right past this uh, verse 21. Further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ because it's under the section of Spirit-guided relationships for wives and husbands. And immediately goes into wives. This means submit to your husbands as the Lord. And we go, I don't want to hear it. And we skip over it. And so we miss the important thing. Actually, this verse, submit one another, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ is a theme heading, which not only is about husbands and wives, but about children and parents and workers and and bosses, slaves and masters is the language they use, but we don't have that. We have workers and bosses, right? In, in your social relationships, in your family relationships, in everything, mutual submission is the order of the day for Christian relationships. The only way you can have a Christian relationship, a loving Christian relationship is mutual submission. If you've been married, you know this. Some of you are hard-headed and you're, you're still trying to grasp it. But doesn't, don't things go better when you don't always have to get your way? No one, that was, <laughs> no one wants to give in right here. <laughs> Might be used against you later, right? But let me help you. Yes, it will. It doesn't have to be the, the old adage of just say yes dear to the guys that that that's not necessarily what but you don't always need to get your way i know that's hard that see that's that ego thing that's that brokenness that's a part of every one of us that we we think our needs our wants our desires that they're more important than anyone else this is this is why we're not in charge of the world c.s lewis does a great uh, uh, thing on this. He's hard to read, but if you can, if you can work through the language in his books, he, he has this with the problem of evil. We, 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 we want good in our life and we measure good and bad in the world. But how, what's our, what's our reference for good and bad? It's what's good and bad for me. But the reality of the world is sometimes what's good for me is bad for you. And what's bad for you might be good for me. And we, and that's above our brain level and our pay level. And we make judgments on good and bad based on our own selfish desires. And it's the same with the wisdom and, and collective idea of how we should move forward in honor and glory of God instead of measuring it by what we want or what we like or what we think. We submit that to God and submit to one another, understanding that I might hear the voice of God in what you have to say, and you might hear the voice of God in what I have to say. And then together in that mutual submission, we can find obedience and a path forward 
in the, in, in the body. This is what the church is meant to be. A group of people submitted to Christ, horizontal submission, or vertical submission, sorry, I forgot my axis is there. Vertical submission to Christ that works itself out in horizontal submission one to another. This is the same concept we've been talking about with love. We love God by loving one another. We submit to Christ by submitting to one another. Here's the problem. In this very first part I read, don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. And in the back of your mind, you thought, I'm in the wise group. No, Nobody reads that and goes, I'm a fool. We read that and go, those fools need to get on my side. Right? But you're a fool. If you're unsure of that, turn to the person you came with. They know you best. Right? Submission. We, we have to get over, and, and folks, this is so contrary to the consumer vision of Christianity that we sell in the United States of America. That, hey, what do you want? You need better coffee? We'll get you better coffee. We'll do six flags over Jesus so that you can come and worship and find your way. Da, 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 da. And there's a whole different, I mean, there's a whole thing about attractiveness. And we, we, we want our church to be attractive and we want it to be welcoming to others. But at some point, we got to stop the whole bait and switch thing. A life with Christ requires effort. It, it requires a change and a transformation of who I am. God loves you just the way you are, but he, was, he loves you too much to let you stay that way. You cannot live the Christian life and maintain the, car, the current state of your heart that you have. Every one of us should be growing and being transformed. And this isn't by human effort. It happens by the infiltration of God's Spirit within us. This isn't something you do just by trying harder. This is something you do by relationship with God in which part of our submission is an openness to His Holy Spirit to invade us and change us from the inside out where we begin to think and act and treat others in a different way, not because we tried harder, but because we gave the light access into the darkness and the darkness overcame the light And now light comes out from us. That's submission. The Holy Spirit. He says, don't be drunk with wine. There's no human way. It's not not a mind alter thing that's going to bring the submission that you need, that's going to need the life that you you want to have with Christ. There's no no like drug for it or, or shortcut for it. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what changes us, a relationship with God. And if, if you're wondering, how do I get more of the Holy Spirit? It's you have not because you ask not, Jesus said. It's a submission. It's an everyday asking, Lord, I need more of, your, more of you, more of you, more of you, more of you. What, help me see the need of my neighbor. Help me see, help me see the need in my community. Help me see the need in my spouse. Help me see the need in my kids. Help me to see my neighbor as a, as a, as a good person. Help, whatever it is, it's a, mut- it's a submission over and over and over to the Lord. That as, the more we do that, the more the light penetrates us and the more the darkness is driven out of our This is why Paul starts this section by saying, so be careful how you live. 
Because the, the tendency for us who are called by Christ to follow him, Christ followers, the tendency is for us to take the good parts of Christianity and then make it, turn it into a function of ourselves and then project that upon the world. And he said, no, don't do that. Be careful how you live. I mean, you, you know, because of our, our current events, how easy it is to fall into judgmentalism and, and partisanship and hatred and pointing fingers. It's so easy for us. And Paul said, no, 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 no. That's not who we are. Be careful how you live. Submit yourself to one another out of reverence for Christ, out of your love for God, submit one to the other. That's how, that's how things move forward. That's, that's how the church grows. Instead of here, that consumer mentality says, hey, if you don't do it the way I like it, then I'm taking my ball and going home. I don't like that. I don't like this. I don't like that. And so therefore I'm out. That's not what a submitted heart says. A submitted heart values the thing that God values. And what God values as we got demonstrated as Jesus walked this earth, God loves people and celebrates when people come to know him. And that's one of the highest ideals. The, one, the shepherd will leave the, 90, uh, the 99 to chase the one. And all the, all the angels in heaven celebrate the one when he comes back to the 99. That's, people are important to God. And so a submitted heart to God gets over the idea of, well, I don't like that in worship. Or I've always enjoyed that in worship. Or why don't we do that in worship? A submitted heart says, how about the people who aren't in worship? What do we have to do to get them? Sign me up for that. That's what a heart submitted to Christ does. It's not for my own glory. It's not for my own satisfaction. It's what can I do to submit to the ministry of Christ that he has for me? What time can I give? I've got my schedule. I have my routine. I've done it this way for 25 years. Well, Philippians chapter 2 Christ is a perfect picture of submission. Gave up his throne in heaven. Gave up all the rights and glories deserved by him. Submitted himself to the Father. Came down, walked our life. Put on sin, felt our pain. Got whipped, got mocked. Gave himself in submission, even in death. Even death on a cross. This... God's not asking you to do anything that he didn't ask you to do. Go do a little study about what happened to the the apostles after Jesus was resurrected. Their, their, Their servanthood, their relationship demanded sacrifice, demanded submission. They submitted unto death. And we're upset because we don't have coffee. Or because it's 15 minutes earlier than what I like. This isn't an easy, this isn't an easy message. We don't often talk about this because we're, we're afraid if we set the bar too high, people will walk away. But I'd rather you walk away being aware of what the relationship's supposed to be rather than lying to you and saying the way you're doing it is fine. 
Because a broken, a, a selfish heart cannot hold the light of Christ. Read your, read your Bible. Read, read the New Testament. Read 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. How can you say you love God when you don't even love the person sitting across from you? Submission. Giving myself, not to my own needs and desires, but to the, to the mission of God that all people might come to know him, that not one will, will suffer a separation from him because of not knowing. And we are the people called to do that. And, and in doing that, a submitted people don't say, I don't like it that way. They say, what can I do next? Oh, there's need in my community. There's hunger. How do I help? There's, there's children that, that don't know the stories of Jesus. How can I help? There's families that can't find the time or, or people to watch their kids so that they can spend time learning about God. How can I serve? There's places in this community that uh, sexual trafficking and drug abuse is ripping families apart. What difference can I make? That's a heart of submission. Now, let me just pause for just a moment. This isn't a guilt thing because, as I said at the beginning, this doesn't happen by trying hard. This happens by opening yourself. That daily submission of God, this day is yours. God, this next five minutes is yours. God, this thought is yours. Wherever you need to start, that's where the journey begins. It's not, it's not one of guilt. It's one of allowing the presence of God to, to infiltrate. And here's the deal. In our minds, we think submission is going to equal pain and suffering, and it may, but here, here I'm going to, give a caveat on that. The apostles' obedience and submission ended in in death and suffering. But I'm pretty sure when we get to heaven, not one of them is going to be upset about that. Because their life mattered and they honored God in in what what they did. What you understand, the more you submit, is that God's on our side. He's for us, not against us. That any any suffering, any pain that I go through is nothing compared to the glory that he has. Last week, we prayed a prayer called the uh, Wesley Covenant Prayer. And we're actually going to pray this. And we did it earlier this morning. Uh, I want to pull that back up. Brooklyn, can you pull that back up, that first slide? I I just, we're going to pray this each week uh, during that. I just sort of want to talk through it. I'm no longer my own, but thine. This is what I talked about. The the whole salvation thing is an exchange. It's no longer my life, but yours. God, instead of me being in charge, I I am now your servant. You are in charge. I I, I give you my life. It's an exchange. It's it's a conversion. It's it's, it's It's a... Laying aside my desires and my agenda for the agenda of a greater God. And then to go in the means and, and the after effects of that is, so now if it's no longer my life, now my life is directed by you. So put me to what thou wilt. In other words, tell me what to do, God, and I'm there. Tell me, tell me where to go and I'm going. Rank me with whom thou wilt. 
I'll work with any, I'll work with five-year-olds. I'll work with Democrats. I'll go the other side of the track. I'll talk to people who have a different theological perspective than me. I'll minister to folks even if I don't agree with them politically. Tell me where to go. Tell me who to go to. Tell me and I'll go. There's this thing of obedience. Next slide. Put me to doing, put me to suffering. We always think of, of, of if, if we're in the favor of God that everything's going to go along swimmingly. But again, you need to do a little Bible study. Uh, just read about Jesus. And you see that being a good person and following God doesn't equal no pain or suffering. But Jesus taught us that even in suffering, the Father and His love and His peace and, his, and all of that is with Him. So put me to doing. If you have something, great. If, I, if, if I'm called to suffer, I'm willing to do that because even in my suffering, you can be at work in my life. And so if it means I'm doing something productive or if it means something productive is being, being done on me and I need to suffer, I'm, I'm, I'm there. This is submission. This is why we don't talk about it very much because it's not the, it's not the cotton candy version we're used to. Let me be employed by thee or laid aside by thee. If you got a job, I'm there. But if I need to sit in the desert and wait, I sign up for that too. Because even in the waiting room, you're there. And maybe in the waiting room, you're doing a work on me that is going to help me be able to do something later when you put me to doing that's going to be effective in helping someone else come to know you. Exalted for thee or brought low by thee? If my name's brought up, and I get attention and applause, or if I'm behind the scenes and nobody has an idea what I do, I just want to glorify you. You notice with Jesus, he didn't walk around in the Gospels with a trumpet and a fanfare and a parade going, here comes the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the Prince of Peace. No, he quietly came and served. He risked his reputation. He he. He submitted himself even to having a bad reputation by eating with prostitutes and hanging out with tax collectors and and touching people with leprosy because it wasn't his glory he was seeking. And he was constantly in his actions saying, no, don't glorify me, glorify the Father. Next, Next slide. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things. That's a synonym for submit. I freely and heartily yield all things. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. Look, and let's go back to the beginning. I know you prayed this earlier, but let's now pray it as a response. Join with I am no longer my own, but thine. Put me to what thou wilt. Rank me with whom thou wilt. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed by thee or laid aside for thee. 
exalted for thee or brought low for thee. Let me be full, let me be empty. Let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thou art mine and I am thine, so be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. If you got a bulletin on the back of those are three reflection questions for you to use this week. I suggest have a conversation with your spouse or your family or you got a small group that you're a part of. First one, in most circumstances, we're wired to want our own way as we deal with other people. This can result in strained relationships. Do you have an example of when someone's unwillingness to submit created a problem? And that one's easy to answer because we're talking about other people. But the second part of it is, when have you done that? Number two, do you see do you see submission as a word of weakness or a word of strength? Why? Is there someone or something that God is asking you to submit to that you've been avoiding? And how could you take a step in obedience this week? Why don't you bow with me? Let's pray. Lord, as we... Uh, as we begin this series and and just continue our walk with you. We submit ourselves to you, God. It's no longer my life, but yours. Come, Holy Spirit, fill us. Shine your light in the dark. Change us from the inside out. Give us a new way to think, a new way to love. God, in all things, may we submit ourselves first to you and then one to the other. We pray that in the one who gave himself fully for us, Jesus Christ. Amen.